Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, this is the Soul Sisters podcast with your host, Jesse Katz. I am actually recording this intro in my hotel room in Las Vegas this week, where I'm hanging out for the Latin Grammy Awards that are going down on Thursday. So uh, I hope you guys are going to watch those because it's been a huge year for Latin music. And, you know, with songs like Despacito and Mi Gente uh, that have been burning up the billboard charts, more people are paying attention to Latin music than ever. And it's really awesome to be out here in Vegas this week talking with Latin artists about this moment that their music is having. Um, And, uh, yeah, it's been really inspiring. Speaking of inspiring, the guest on Soul Sisters this week is uh, very much that. Her name is Lights. And she is a badass chick, as they say. Um, And I would definitely apply that term towards her. We had a great talk about how she got into comic book writing. Um, She had this new album out this fall called Skin and Earth. And she released a comic book series that accompanies the album. And it's really cool stuff that she's doing. Um, Just this combination of illustrations and music and different ways of storytelling uh, was so fascinating. And she really just um, decided to do this and attack it and and teach herself things and push herself. And it was really inspiring to hear. Also, I had a really interesting talk with her about um, the challenges of raising her daughter and... um, you know, like encouraging her daughter to basically do what she's doing to to push the boundaries of what is expected of women and little girls and, you know, follow her interests. And we have a lot of conversations with artists about representation, um, usually in the context of representation in media, how important it is to see yourself reflected in uh, you know, the TV or the movies or the music that you're consuming, uh, you know, sometimes it takes us seeing ourselves reflected back to us to identify things in ourselves, uh, if that makes sense. And anyway, with lights, we talked about how important that is for children in terms of, for example, the toys that are marketed towards them, you know, that if all we do is tell little girls that they should be nurses, uh, you know, that's what they're going to grow up thinking that they should be. But maybe we could market more like doctors uniforms towards girls and and they could, um, you know, dream bigger for themselves. Uh, not that nursing is not dreaming big. That is a prof- 
profession that I extremely admire and could never do. And I also believe it pays very well. So um, no knocking on nursing. Anyway, I digress. Um, be whatever you want to be, guys. That's the point. Let's let all the options out there for everybody and everyone just follow their own dream. Okay, on that note, I think we should just get to this episode with lights on Soul Sisters. Have you um have you ever been in a musical competition of any sort? Um yeah, I used to do it all the time when I was a kid. Really? Just like local stuff, like okay. songwriting contests and like local fairs where you perform and then you get narrowed down to like finalists and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I never won any of them. Oh, I won a I won a songwriting contest once. Okay. But I never won any of the other things. It was always like cool dancers or something. Oh, nah, whatever. That's a gimmick. But songwriting. Right. That's like, real. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Sing your song. Yeah. Like your original song. Well, what I did at the competitions was like I'd pick a song, and this is kind of funny. I, I would pick a song that I'd want to do, and then just record the backing track for it. So like at one point I was like, I'm gonna do, I keep on falling that Alicia Keys song. Yeah. So I like. And I'm like 14, you know, 15. I like pick apart the track, record it at home, make myself like a karaoke track, uh-huh. and then sang to that. So I was nice. like, if it was a production contest, I probably would have yeah. won. But nobody knows that nobody knew that I did the backing track. It wasn't being rated for that. It was just my voice. <laughs> right. Was that like ahead of its time almost for that kind of thing? I think so. I mean, I had the like the, this crappy little eight track the, yeah. to zip disc. If you remember that yeah. medium yeah, at yeah. all. Um, so yeah, it wasn't easy to just go into your laptop and use GarageBand, you know, it exist. Right, right, right. So it was not something all the other 14 year old girls were doing. Yeah. So you were like producing. (laughs) I was producing my backing track so that I could submit the singing contest. Nice. Yeah. It was a good time. Uh, Still lost. Well, Lights, welcome to Soul Sisters. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Give you guys a proper um, initiation (laughs) to the show. Um, This is very exciting. You were supposed to come in a couple months ago, um, which was like, I think, a few weeks before your album was coming out. Yeah. And then some bad weather kept you away from New York. Yeah, worst few days of my life. Well, no, I was just like, I I felt like a trash. Yeah. That's what I was for those few days. Because you spent too much time in airports? Way too much time. Just like everything. And I didn't have my bag. And I was like, wearing the same underwear for three days. And like, Show it, yeah. I was like, it tough was time. A, it was a tough time. Yeah, tough time. But now times are better. Times I, are good. I, <laughs> I have clean underwear on. Today. Good, excellent. The album is out, and it's album amazing. Is out. Thank you, yeah. thank you. So now, what are we catching you in the middle of? Uh, tour, tour. Uh, just okay. past the middle point of our tour with Paris. We're playing cool. at uh, in Terminal Five tonight. Amazing. And it's good. Thank good. Yeah, it's good because the last time we went on tour, really. Yeah. We've been on a few shows in between, but it was like two years ago. Okay. So it's good to be back on the road playing new stuff. Yeah. Um, the the comic issue four comes out tomorrow. Okay. And cool. yeah, and and it's just really cool seeing it all come together and the whole project. Yeah. Ooh, let's what? talk about that. I feel like we just want to get the whole story because it's such a fascinating thing that you've done. <laughs> you were starting together. You. <laughs> multimedia, <laughs> multimedia music and comic project. So I just want to oh, know. You're from probably the, super into this of, because. Well, well, how are you? I mean, no, but both. I'm just thinking it's very in line with what your fiance does. With oh, his designing art. He's a hip hop artist and he does like stop motion art and animation oh, so cool. to go along with it. Yeah, very cool. So, so you kind of that. live and breathe that with telling. him. Yeah, that's amazing. I think I'm, I'm curious about a lot of things, but the idea of combining storytelling in these two very different forms, but that are completely complementary. And yep. I wonder, first, I just feel like you should just 
put it in your own words. What is this that yeah. we're talking about? And then we can go into like the creative process. Yeah. And how happens. Well, yeah, it's like um, it's an al- album and a comic. It's yeah. it's <laughs> it's something I've always wanted to do, and it's been done here and there in subtle ways. Um, music and comics have merged slightly, probably most prominently with Coheed and Cambria. Um, there's always been comic counterparts and stuff that mm-hmm. he writes. Usually and a comic that comes after an album. I, I don't or? know if I, those ones have been released with with their records, but he just writes it. I, I think they bring on an artist to work on it. Got it. Okay. Um, and then like on Dynamite, which is my publisher, Kiss and Guar of comics, but they don't have anything to do with with it writing wise or art wise right. necessarily. Uh-huh. So like the two mediums have come together in some ways, but and obviously Gerard Way from my chem, like he started doing comics a long time ago and now has like a DC imprint and stuff. So mm-hmm. he's done a lot of cool stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know how closely tied the music is with the comics. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't fully studied that yet. Mm-hmm. But I've always wanted to see that happen in just like this perfectly tied way. Yeah. A concept album that is told uh, visually with a comic counterpart. Why is and that something you always wanted to see? I love comics. Okay. I, I, I've always read comics. I love them. Um, yeah. I've always wanted to see them together because I yeah. I think there's a lot of comic fans that love music uh-huh. and I think vice versa too and, and to when me, you're songwriting do you visualize things yeah that way too? all the time you visualize things you want to tell a story when you're writing a song mm-hmm. and even down to like color palettes mm-hmm. yeah I see colors sometimes when I'm writing music mm-hmm. and when I'm listening to a song is mm-hmm. that like some full-on synesthesia stuff totally like okay. 100% color palettes that I visualize when, when I'm listening to these songs on the record have made their way into the comic wow. like New Fears there's a song called New Fears close my eyes I hear like burgundies and purples you know what I mean that was the color palette for that chapter so yeah. it was just something that I always wanted to do and I thought this is gonna I, with my prophetic mind I was like this is gonna be something that's gonna happen a lot more uh-huh. I gotta be the first one to do it yeah and um I have to do it all myself uh-huh because uh, I didn't have money or resources to have anyone else do it so that <laughs> <laughs> was within my boundaries to work on I love the honesty <laughs> right. it was also probably the best way to do it yeah. but also, <laughs> also financially viable yeah. yeah exactly and I just thought um I have to trick myself into like convincing myself to do it because it is a lot of work. Mm-hmm. How and did you know how to do it? I honestly just studied like YouTube University webinars, books, like bought and rented tons of books on it. Like uh, sought the advice of people that I know in the industry, kind of online stock people. I'm a fan of in the industry to ask for advice. Just everywhere went, went to cons, went to panels, found out everything I could everywhere I went because as as common and massive as the medium is, it actually is really hard to learn how to do it. That's not yeah. surprising. Yeah, it's <laughs> like it's like you, you'll get a book and it'll tell you one aspect of it. Like this is somebody's take on comic art, but yeah. that it's such a subjective topic that like y- you, every book has a different opinion on how it should be done. Uh-huh. So I, I, after figuring that out, I then went to because you'll, you'll read a book on art techniques and it's like not only is that very specific, but there, some of them are very elitist where like they won't even touch digital art. It's like oh, you have to do everything with inks and papers. Mm-hmm. And I was leaning towards going digital with the art. Because I don't like want to waste all those resources to make these comics. Because mm-hmm. you can do everything digital now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up just kind of talking to people then that I was a fan of, like Brian K. Vaughan and Jamie McKelvey, who are Brian K. Vaughan is an amazing writer, and McKelvey is an artist um, for a comic that I love, and started to take advice from them because I was like, well, at least I might as well get advice from people that I like their work, mm-hmm. and got some amazing advice from those people, like. With Brian K. Vaughan, for example, we were we had sort of interaction going online. He's amazing. He's written like Saga, Why the Last Man. He's done writing and uh, producing, I think, for Lost. Like okay. he's just an awesome writer. He's top top of the game. Uh-huh. And we were going back and forth. I sent him my acoustic record when it was coming out, 
And then I was like, I'm just going to pop the question. Um, can you write this for me? Because <laughs> I didn't know if that I was going to be able to write it. And I'm like, well, I'll do one of them. I'll, I'll draw it maybe. And then well, I'll you wanted to, to write the story. I You're didn't, not talking about. I wrote the story, but I wanted. I didn't know how to like. How do you panel? How do you pace the story? I've never mm. written a novel. I've never right, right, right. Uh, pa- like. What's pacing like in yeah, a book when you sit down? Structuring, right? right? Yeah. Like, how many words do you put in a page? I just don't know. Totally. And no books tell you that. But mm-hmm. you wanted to animate. But not uh, well, I was going to illustrate it, and then I was going to write the base idea of the story because that's what all the songs were being written about. Okay. And I think that's part of the—I mean, not that he was going to do it anyways, but that's part of him. He likes doing original material, and the, the storyline was sort of structured out. I just didn't know how to take it further. Uh-huh. And he was just like, "Well, no," but <laughs> I mean, he's like, "My wife will kill me if I take another project." But um, <laughs> here he's like, "I think you can do it. He, I think you are a writer already, and you should." Do it. I'm like, "Well, Brian Kaplan said I could." So. Yeah, there you go. And so he started giving me a little bit of advice on how he panels pages, and that was like, "Okay, here's something solid that I know I like. Uh-huh. I know I like the way his stories read." Uh-huh. He's like, "I do five to six panels a page, twelve speech bubbles a page, not more than two or three te- uh, lines of text in each speech bubble." Like, I'm like, "This is solid, good notes. Yeah. <laughs> this is good. This is good." Because nothing to- tells you this stuff, man. Right. Nothing tells you this shit. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just start. I just went for it, and because he told me I should. Yeah, I mean, it's funny you're talking about it as if it's something that should be more intuitive. This is something that people devote their lives to. You've devoted your life to music, and somehow in the in between times, or you've you've made it a point within a couple years, yeah, <laughs> to not only create a new project of music, a complete. And a whole and amazing concept album of music, <laughs> but also learn and create a comic. So it's like, yeah, not even Stan Lee did that. Uh, right. I know. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm amazing. Not, I, I can't wrap my brain around the discipline, like the yeah. creative discipline. Aww. And like, like this just, is a theme for you. Yes. This <laughs> is like very much well, like, my like fascination. Like yeah. Yeah. as someone who's been working on like one project for a decade yeah. and just like, you know, we're both just like we have work and like how yeah. do you and then yeah. have a life and the you juggle have a kid. Yeah. Like, yeah like yeah. what is your secret to discipline and like and sitting down and doing one like the comic is one thing the music's another thing and combining yeah. it all I think it honestly for me like a yes I've been so blown away by the fact that I didn't like and I'm still finishing it in fact I'm concerned about the last issue because I'm running out of time but I have to color 30 more pages it's like this double issue but um asked me two years ago if I would have been able to do this and I would have been in disbelief. I, I originally thought it was going to be like a 20-page comic and it's six issues, actually almost seven issues in like 170 pages. And I think I tricked myself into doing it over the course of it as the project started growing into what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the, the the fact of the matter is like there's not a minute of it I didn't enjoy. Mm. I loved every second of it. And if you're doing what something you really like, then the hard work is worth it. It doesn't feel like work. Um, I get, Thinking of ideas for the story kept me up at night. I yeah. would stay up till dawn, literally thinking of ideas and writing down notes. Uh-huh. It's just a constant thing that's running through my head. And I just enjoy it so much. And, and then I think then it's easier to fit it in and make time for it. But it does take commitment. And I think there's this sort of romantic idea about art and creativity that, like, it just flows. And, like, you write and, like, the song comes out and you're like, boom, a record. But no, it's like you have to dedicate time to it. Yep. You have to, like... For a few months um, last year, when I got the bulk of the work done, I was like, I'm getting up at 11. I'm going to draw for an hour. I'm going to feed my kid for mm-hmm. an hour, play with her, do some schoolwork with her, uh-huh. um, draw till four, and then I can do this. Like, you just have to set a schedule for yourself. Totally. I was lucky enough that during that time I wasn't touring. Um, right. I was just, you know, I'd be doing, you know, one or two weeks of writing in L.A. and then 
or New York or wherever we were going and then come back when I was at home and work through, through, through the day like it was a nine to five. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you just have to set aside time for it. And if you yeah. can put the work in, that's the difference between like just be, just having a dream and like a dream becoming a reality. Like a yeah. dream is just this non-tangible thing. It's the work that you put into it. Amen. Yeah. So can you tell us about like more about the story and the themes that are in the album and in the comic? And yeah. this like awesome heroine that you created. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she she's uh, she's a badass. Her name's N. Uh-huh. Um I think so originally the with the basic idea of the story, this is the one that I took into all the songwriting sessions, and this uh-huh. is without giving too much away. Yeah. Um the story of a young woman who deeply in lo- who is deeply in love, gets her heart broken, falls into this deep state of depression where she meets a dark friend who becomes almost her lover mm. and convinces her to do all convinces her to do all these things she shouldn't do and then she ends up transitioning into this other world and then where she can't leave. Mm. And she has to turn within herself to overcome it. And this was a commentary on depression. Mm. Something I've dealt with in the past. Mm-hmm. Internal uh, vices and you know, addiction of what are, whether whatever it might be, because everybody's yeah. dealing with different things. Yeah, and it's something that I think people need to talk about more. It's like mm-hmm. you should be able to be open with it. You know, totally. So th- that's kind of where the, the the idea of the story came from. It almost feels like a dark friend. Okay, and it's almost your lover, kind of. Uh huh. So that was the the basic metaphor for the story. Um, and then of course the world built on top of that. And I remember during the process of working on this, I read a book called Writing for Comics by Alan Moore, and he basically said like before you flesh out your plot create your world create the government and the people that are there and like wow. your this and everything mm-hmm. and then when that's all finished and you have a good idea of what your world is pick a wormhole in time through that world in which your story occurs and then everything falls into place that's awesome so i created all these maps and created this whole world oh, wow. and then continued building the story from there and that was when the sort of post-apocalyptic environment kicked in uh-huh. um and so as it turned out i wanted this girl to live in a world where like that was devoid of hope so I had to create a world that was devoid of hope so it is the last city on earth it takes place in this place called Madison Oasis which is like this sort of anomalous spring that kind of has continued though the rest of the world has died uh-huh. so um, it's two classes of people that live divided by a wall and the wealthy side uh, is like basically a massive corporation that runs everything and continues to take and take and take so it, there was a commentary in there on like Ugh. corporate greed and the yeah, environment and it feels sadly so it tiny. feels sadly and so it, you wrote true. it before but it was still <laughs> before like, the election before the election yeah pre and post US election right yeah. but but somehow like that was in the air anyhow and yeah, yeah the, like, the literally before coming, the right? wall even was being considered right, so yeah, it was yeah. it, it's just like it and so there's definitely commentary in there on the environment. My dad is a, mm. a green architect. Oh, wow. So we always end up getting into big conversations about what changes would need to happen in our infrastructure and in our society in order to save the world, basically, because yeah. we're heading in a bad direction, right? But then there's is, a lot of people out there working on it. Yeah. at all? He is. I mean, especially being in Vancouver, like we live in Vancouver area, oh, and there's a lot of um, standards being put in place there. And you look at countries like Germany that are like basically take all their garbage and turn it into energy and it's like if mm-hmm. you have the right minds and the right money put into it like That's the right government that. in place the yeah. things will will get better right. and and so but my, this book sort of takes place after that's too late right and and they continue to take and they continue yeah. to take so she's on the, the poor side of the wall which is the red sector and uh-huh. and she uh it's a world where everyone is just has nothing left no hope left and and she is the one person who has the sort of like has always been raised to look for like a glimmer of hope in okay. the rubble and uh she's sort of on that journey looking for it and she meets this guy 
falls in love, he ends up giving her this tattoo. And I committed to the tattoo right here on her wrist. Nice. And this suddenly opens doors to a whole new whole new path for her. Cool. Um, in this in this world and potentially hope. Yeah. No, I mean I love that you are dealing with themes of of darkness and vulnerability, but then like you look at your track listing and there are songs called Skydiving, Savage, New Fears, um, Fight Club. It's like it's also super empowering, yeah. you know? So yeah. it's like you can be vulnerable and really strong at the same time. I love I love that you picked up on that because <clears throat> this is something I think about a lot. Uh, I grew up reading comics and never identify with characters in comics more than I do now. Yeah. Because now it's not superhero comics anymore. Mm. Superheroes are only relatable to a certain degree because mm-hmm. we're not like that. Mm-hmm. People, they're perfect. They don't, right. like, they're impregnable. Right. We're, we are, like, flawed human beings, and that doesn't mean we're shitty. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, I find myself identifying with characters that have, that make bad choices and mm-hmm. have issues mm-hmm. and have moments of weakness where they have nothing left, but they find strength in that, you know, doesn't mean you're a weak person or doesn't mean you're um, a bad character. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. And so this character, the more I wrote her, she, the more she became like me. And then she, she basically is me in like an apocalyptic world. Yeah. I always tell people they can get to know me a little bit through her dialogue because uh-huh. she responds to things the way I do. Cause I'm obviously writing from my perspective, but um, yeah, she's got lots of issues <laughs> and I think I relate to those kind of characters more. Like take wonder woman, for example, I uh-huh. love wonder woman. I just like what she stands for. I like her strength and power, but I never connected with her more than I did um, when there's like the story arc where she go, goes blind for a year mm. and has to go under to the underworld in her blind state and find Hades. And she's so vulnerable and still powers through it. And I'm like, wow, this is the first time I've seen her weak. And that's when I fell in love with her, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I think... You know, and especially as more female creators come into the picture, I think we're getting a bit more of a realistic perspective totally. and more relatable perspective for other women. Yeah. And that's obviously changing the ratio with female and male viewers, uh, readers and fans yeah, yeah. and creators. I mean, are there even other women comic book creators that you can aspire to? Oh, there's and there's a lot now. I okay. mean, a lot of what I read is like there's one book I read called Monstrous and it's all female creators. Okay. There's one called Bitch Planet, which is amazing. Yeah. <clears throat> Highly recommend. Um, okay. Saga so is actually sought them out. You found them. Oh yeah, and they're yeah. not, and and they, they are. There's quite a. I think the ratio. I don't quote me on this, but I think the ratio is like um, one to three. Oh, there's like that's a lot better in, than some other industries. In in yeah, parts, in yeah. Uh, especially in indie indie publish with indie yeah, publishers yeah, yeah. with the big with the big names like uh-huh. Marvel and DC. I think the ratio is a little bit lower, right, unfortunately. Right, right. But that's yeah. going to change. I think. Hell yeah! You know, yeah, it's all changing. Yeah, yeah it is. It really <laughs> is. Coming for I you have, guys. And I, that, it's like a self perpetuating cycle. Like I think the yeah. more female readers that become fans of comics, mm-hmm. that, that's the thing with comics. Everyone that reads comics wants to be a creator. Right. So they'll start creating content that right. they relate to and that they like, and then other women are going to see that, and and it just it'll it's a self perpetuating positive cycle. Right. And I wonder if similarly with music, the ability, the access to the software, and the uh, you know yeah. the ability to just mm-hmm. pick it up and learn yeah. it from YouTube and <clears throat> just do it, if more women will get into it. Also. I, I hope mm-hmm. so, and I, I think that's one place I've seen a huge void is pr- music production. Mm. There's um. Yeah, like purely purely female producers, or even like female front of house yeah. mixers. You know, like female masters. Mm-hmm. You just don't you just don't see them. I've only ever worked with a female producer once. Yeah, and how did, how did you get into it? Like doing eight track and I know <laughs> as a fourteen year old. Yeah, girl. I I think I. It, the funny thing was is like, I had my interest when I was a kid. I 
I was always kind of doing my own thing. And so I didn't really gauge what the rest of the world was doing. I was just, I'm like, I'm interested in this. I'm yeah. going to spend my um, inheritance money, which I got when I was 13, on like this 8-track, which was $1,000. Yeah, my Oma. And she didn't die. <laughs> she oh. just gave me money. <laughs> She's still That's around. Right. Shout out to my Oma. <laughs> Don't you want to share it while you're still alive? Right? right? Look, at she fed into joy. this career. She yeah. really did. Oh. Um, I really don't know how that happened, though. But uh, um, <laughs> She saw you as a good investment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she knew you weren't going to blow it on some. Right? Yeah. There we go. There we go. Um, so I, I think for me, it wasn't one of those things where I needed to see somebody doing it to be able to do it. But I think uh-huh. a lot of... Young women are that way mm-hmm. where they, it is role models are important. And, and if you see it, you can be it. And if you just don't yeah. see it, there's no reason to want it. You don't know it's possible. You don't know right. it's possible. You don't know. You don't care. You're just like, right. whatever. I don't care about that. I don't know yeah. about that career. Yeah. yeah. You can um, see pretty much anything now. Yeah, you, like, can, you can. You can. If, if you look if for you it. Look for but it, it's, yeah. if it's not put in front of your face, you're not going to find it. And, and this is this is I'm it's becoming a lot more prevalent in my scope of vision now that I have a three-year-old yeah, I was gonna and ask. seeing what's marketed to these young children mm-hmm. and, and it's pretty fucking shameless man yeah. how, how people are marketing to little kids yeah. and how they're really trying to instill roles in kids at mm-hmm. that age mm-hmm. um, and I, I can see right through it sometimes you know like it drives me crazy like there's nothing unless it's this cool groundbreaking new company it's like right, they're, right, right. They're, young girls aren't marketed sciencey stuff or right. techie stuff yeah or necessarily even music stuff. It's like, yeah, singing and being in a band is one thing. That's really cool. We're seeing a lot of women. And that's already been established as something that women do. So, like, it's being marketed to kids now. But yeah. not anything from the other not side production. of it. But, like, little boys mm-hmm. are being marketed DJ sets and all this stuff. But not little girls. Right. So, yeah. we need to, you know, we need to, if there's anybody listening right now that's, like, an app developer or a programmer or whatever, you know, spread the love. Like, let's build apps that are targeted at kids. Let's make TV shows that are targeted at kids. Advertisements that are more balanced mm-hmm, or, or mm-hmm. maybe something specifically targeted at little girls totally. that show them that there's other career lines out there, you know? Yeah. I just saw this comedian Rhea Butcher do a set about how when little girls are born, no one cares what they're going to do. Like they don't even pay attention to them. It's like, whatever. Then you, they turn to little boys and they go, don't like things that girls like. Yeah. Whatever you like, don't like the girl things. You have right. to like the boy things, you know? It's yeah. this like obsession about molding the boys a certain yeah. way and like, girls you know maybe like be a teacher or like what yeah. you know mother or like whatever yeah but like not that much concern in general about what sure they're a, a lot of the stuff I, i'm noticing is marketed at young women and these are all great things but it's a very limited scope is yeah. uh like fashion friends love right. animals right um art like and that's yeah. and that's really cool stuff yeah, yeah. dance mm-hmm, but like mm-hmm. that's it's pretty much the scope of it mm-hmm and uh, I think we just need something, some things that are shamelessly marketed at little girls that are a broader perspective of or things. Or just like yeah. neutral. But, and you that's know? the thing. But right. like, and, and the, <laughs> the thing with marketing, for at least from what I've noticed, is yeah. like it's shameless color coding. Right. Like, and so if you market something as neutral, the little girls won't won't be drawn to it. Mm. So right, you work with it's, that it's to that's a shift that needs happen, to happen. Yeah. It's like, well, if you're gonna mar- if I'm gonna market something at that's marketed uh, outside of what they're normally targeted. Yeah. Like, say I'm gonna make a tech app for yeah. young girls, I'm going to shamelessly market at young girls because that's the only edge you have. And that's Do you know what right. I mean? Work within those shameless. Like, if you're going to be shameless about colors, then I'm going to work within that and I'm going to make them something interesting. How do you... Unla- do you unless you change the color scope, but then you're dealing with like massive corporations and it's like right. one yeah, man yeah, against yeah. the world. You know what I mean? Totally. I one woman against the world. I mean, how young, how young are we when we learn that pink is for girls? Well, right. Immediately. Immediately. Right. I was, Immediately. I was looking online yeah. to buy um, twin 
twin babies of a friend of mine, um, like gifts. And I was looking at like, and it was all like tiaras and tutus and all that stuff. And I was like, five years ago, I would have bought that for yeah. my friends. Yeah. yeah. And I don't want to now. Yeah. yeah. But like, <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a tricky thing because it's not bad, you know? Yeah. Right. I mean, a, t- a tiara is a little, yeah. I don't know. But yeah, it's Tiara's a little it's Tiara, right? <laughs> but like pink stuff. I think everything in balance, yeah. right? Like my daughter loves pink, and uh-huh. I'm not ever gonna, I'm never gonna be like, yo, you can't like that, right? You know, what I mean, like I'm gonna let her like whatever she wants, but she also likes Ninja Turtles yeah. and she likes <laughs> trucks and stuff, and and then people will be like, oh god, your daughter's a tomboy. I'm like, no, she just likes what she likes. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't like that word tomboy because yeah. it's like just because she likes things that typically boys like doesn't mean she's a boy. Totally. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Man, it's tricky. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's really exciting. Like, I, I'm, I'm excited because I can un, I understand it now. And yeah. I think that it's in our hands to change. And I think it has to start with individual creators. And then eventually, I think it'll change on a bigger scale. Yeah. No, I'm just thinking about how I feel like every day now I'm fighting for myself in those ways, yeah. you know, and I'm in my 30s. Yeah. And then to have a child who you're also doing that for, yeah. it's like, yeah. it's like you're trying to like, protect two people in battle yeah. you're trying to yeah. like save yeah. two humans in this world that's like really trying to push a lot of shit yeah, on you i know it, it is getting better though like there's a lot of cool programming like there's a whole uh i guess uh, there's apps and games and toys called goldie blocks and it's all engineering oh cool uh, a whole engineering line just for girls yeah and that's, that's awesome. really cool and it's really fun there's building and they learn how to make zip lines and all this cool stuff so uh-huh. i get that stuff all the time and it's like that that's not neutral marketing that's like for girls and i think that's really yeah. cool and yeah. girls deserve to have that edge yeah i think yeah. you know and more stuff like that i think needs to happen yeah has your daughter seen your comics yeah she does she thinks like that's what i do for a living i yeah. think she's like i'm gonna be a drawer like you <laughs> um cool. but uh yeah and she yeah she's she, she loves it? art she, she's loving it yeah okay, the, the nice. com- it, she, i'm glad she can't read because the comics are rated mature yeah, i'll little, just warn everybody dark. right yeah. now <laughs> yeah <laughs> But um, she looks at it and she's like, "What are you doing in this picture?" And it'd be like blood and like this. I'm like, "Um, it's not, it's not me." Um. In like another couple yeah. of years, you're gonna yeah. be locking those away. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Are they gonna be in print form? Or they are, are printed. Okay, yeah, they are. They, and you can get them both forms as well. But um, you can get them digitally. But they're in comic shops. You bring them in. You can order them online. That must be cool. It's amazing. It's well, like there aren't record even... shops anymore, but you can go into a comic shop. Is the it. best. Yeah, comic yeah. shops are one of the coolest environments you'll ever go in. Um, and con- going to cons is like, ever want to oh, go yeah. to an inclusive Did you go to environment? Comic-Con this year? Yeah, and I was actually okay. on a panel. I was already as a guest oh. this year. It was pretty crazy. Yeah, but it, it's literally like everyone from all walks of life are welcome at cons, and it's yeah, the most welcoming place you could ever be. That's true. You know, like, yeah. and and not feel like you stand out. Yeah, it's right. a great community. It's an awesome yeah. community. Yeah. yeah, and it's expanding so rapidly. I remember like there's one in Toronto called Fan Expo, and I was there this year as well. Uh-huh. I've been going to Fan Expo for ten years. God, I remember when I went ten years ago, oh. and it was like in one room. It was small and it was cool and like it was kind of niche. Uh-huh. But now, ten years later, it's like the entire convention center and hundreds of thousands of people passing through every day. And it was just—it's wow. just amazing to see the, the growth. And I think a lot of people are discovering um, their home in this yeah. world. You know, that's really nice. Do you have many comrades in the comic world in your music life? Like, are, are your fellow musicians are they into comics at all, or are you kind of like the one? I mean, a few of them. It's—I wish there were more. Um, but when you do meet somebody, like a good friend of mine, DCF, he likes comics, so we always end up talking about that when we're together. Uh-huh. Um, and I think there's a few people that 
have read, you know, a couple Iron Man issues and like <laughs> are like, yeah, I love comics and that's cool too. But like, <laughs> you know, I want to talk about the like, ones I'm reading right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And some people are just into manga or something. People have, like, that's the thing. It's such a vast world that yeah. like you don't have to read everything. Right. There's something for everybody. Yeah. If you just like manga or if you just like indie comics or if you just like right. old romance comics like I used to, you know uh-huh, what I mean? Uh-huh. So the next album that you do, presuming you'll do another album one of these days, yeah, will, will it also be accompanied by comics? I don't know. I mean, I don't think I can ever one-off? go back to making just a record. Do you know what wow. I mean? Like, I think there's something so fulfilling about the multifaceted aspect because uh-huh. there's so much more I've discovered this making this record and this project that like there is so much more than just audio. Yeah. Although you do also make amazing music videos. Well, and that's another aspect of it too. And and that was even, I've never had such a clear vision for my videos that I have, uh, I don't know how I'm phrasing this, but the the most clear vision that I've ever had for videos has been this project because I can, I know exactly what they're supposed to be about and what they're supposed to show in the color palette. Thank you. The videos are amazing. Thank you. And and it's all been the same director, Jeremy Shalinru, who's kicking ass. Yeah. And we're going to be doing a video for every issue. And there's four out already. So cool. Yeah. Um, Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss good I just lost what I was going to say yeah. <laughs> uh, um, was it about the video? Uh, no <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like I don't know if I could I just love the idea of these um, giving fans more yeah and and especially in this day and age when, when there's so much music out there um, what you know reward people for for wanting to hear a whole record Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you know if a fan only wants to listen singles that's cool but if there's a fan who cares about the entire record let's give you a visual accompaniment visual accompaniment for everything yeah Yeah. and there's there's this there's a reason to dive into all those lyrics and there's a reason to listen to an album from front to back Uh there's a reason to try to understand everything or pick up on the easter eggs in the comic yeah instead of just saying oh here's one song and this represents my body of work yeah Easter eggs and work like that is so fun. No, it's cool. It's almost like a kind of retro way of looking at music, which I miss, like an early rock kind of concept of like what an album is. Yeah. 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 Enjoying that from front to back. Yeah, exactly. You know, at the end of the day when all these issues are out and maybe we'll bundle it all into like a graphic novel and then you sit down and and you follow along and you listen to the record, it's going to be a really cool experience. Mm -hmm. And then it's like optioned into a TV show. Yeah, hey, (laughs) download (laughs) that onto me right now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I was going to say, I I read that this also allowed you to open up to new themes in your music, like new, new ideas that you were, I guess, a little bit timid to explore before. Yeah. Like what? 
it's it, it it's it's funny it took like this fictional character as a conduit for me to f- unlock the side of myself that I didn't feel like I could write about because mm. I think in the past I've felt and I think it, there's a degree of truth to it that if you write about something the people listening to it are just going to assume that's what's happening in your yeah. life at that time so mm-hmm. if I were to write savage which is about your heart being smashed and hating like just being so angry at somebody yeah. if I were to write that without the context of the comic necessarily uh-huh. um people would be like yo her marriage and like <laughs> but um that's like the, that's the bystander voice yo um is that what your fans look yeah, like yo yeah. man like check it out <laughs> um but uh it's and, and so but that's not to say i've never been angry i get angry all the time yeah right, right um it's such an important emotion yeah and i have been have my heart's been broken and i've been in this place before yeah i've just never written about it because i never felt like i could because uh-huh. uh-huh. i didn't want people to like or even the people that around me to think that it was about them. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? Like there's this sort of degree of insecurity when you write something that people are like listening back that you know and like, whoa, are you okay? Or even my husband listened to it like, yo, you hate me? Um, <laughs> it's where- funny that we don't hear that more. I feel like we we talk a lot about how much a, a listener should or you know might want to listen uh, listen as if it's real and uh-huh. truth. Yeah. And, Different artists feel very differently about that. I mean, yeah. I think it's, I, I understand that so completely yeah. that you would want to protect the people around you yeah. from like, yeah, that's not about you or, yeah. you know. Yeah. Really well, because I, I mean, I write uh, from an authentic place. I don't just write something mm-hmm. for the sake of writing it. Mm-hmm. And even the songs, even though these songs are written about parts of the story that are important, they're all things that I've dealt with. Yeah. And, and it's not to say they're happening right now. Right. Like the theme of sex, say, like, say you're going to write a, a song that's based on sex uh-huh. and then your parents here and you're like okay so this is about uh the other night you know so like you're just like you can't I'd rather think about just, your parents like, when you're yeah, i know like you're just like you know that's all in there in your head when you're writing so um with this comic it was like it allowed me to well this is the part I'm where they bang so yeah, yeah, i'm gonna okay. write a song about sex which is skydiving and and like these are this is a great thing sex is awesome and and it's something we've done <laughs> and it's yeah. like it's not like i've never experienced it <laughs> right um so it's it's just an awesome way for me to suddenly talk about these things i never let myself before yeah, yeah. i took this fictional character for me to be authentic yeah, i guess that's cool and i do have one question about a specific detail about her that i want to know Give it. if it's true or not is she jewish <laughs> Because there's a detail about her like, looking for a good borscht. Uh, <laughs> is that a Jew? I thought it was Russian. Well, I guess, yeah, it's Russian yeah, and or yeah. Russian Jew. <laughs> and, like, my Jewish grandfather was obsessed with borscht. That's and so, I was, like, so funny. Jewish, like, comic book hero? Because that'd be fucking awesome. That would awesome. be awesome. Yeah. just Russian. Well, we don't. I, the thing is, I, didn't, I haven't, uh, haven't uh, and, like, explored her... I guess ancestral lines okay, okay. yet <laughs> in the story, but see, um, I'm looking to see myself yeah. in the comics that you're writing. But she might so be. Yeah, okay. The thing is, is this world, and I've and so that this leads to a couple of things actually. The, the world that is in this comic is like the last city on earth, right? So it's yeah. very multicultural. It's like basically this melting pot of like every culture and language. So uh-huh. there's lots of different languages in the background um, on the storefronts. Yeah, there's lots of people mixed people like all throughout the comics so the whole point is like that it is a merging of different cultures and to reflect that i've actually this is an aside but i've recorded the single in four different languages that's going to be coming oh. out yeah it's yeah. Been an awesome experience which languages oh you'll see, oh. You'll see. does that come from you like living around the world well part of it kid? yeah like i grew up in the philippines so um you know I, there's a lot of i can do some accents yeah. some accents <laughs> pretty good um so that helped but um th- so that and and with borscht i wanted i like i knew i wanted her to be had to have this 
food she loved because I have these yeah. like things that I just have to have. Uh-huh. She loves wine, which I love. And then <laughs> um, forced. Uh, well, and this is the thing. So I, I wanted to find a fast I've never food. Met anyone <clears throat> besides my grandfather who loves wine. exactly. Well, and and I've I've literally never tried it because it sounds disgusting. <laughs> right. Yes, just the and, word. And yes. it's like, it's like fermented vinegar cabbage beets. <laughs> Yeah. And 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 for and me, I was like, what what is like a food that would never be fast food? <laughs> borscht. And I was it. like, what is a food that looks weird in a fast food box? Borscht, like this purple yeah. drippy stuff. Yeah, yeah, it seems yeah. sad. It's kind of just like it's kind of like like, de- like the the Great Depression food or something. Yeah, totally. And and that was how I landed on borscht as like the fast food place because it's just so ironic and weird and wouldn't be a thing. That's amazing. And. And it was either that or dim sum. I'm like, dim sum is too obvious. It's so good. Yeah, yeah, Borscht, yeah. on the other hand. So she's, like, obsessed with borscht and um, still have yet amazing. to try it. Yeah. Well, my grandfather would appreciate it. So <laughs> cheers, cheers, Grandpa. <laughs> cheers, Grandpa. Cheers, Grandpa. Mm. All right. We're going to let you go. You're going to talk with our colleague, Chris Payne. Yeah. From this Alternative Facts podcast. Yeah. We're all passing you around to the billboard <laughs> while we have I've you. I've been here a lot we this year. You guys can't you. get rid of me. It's true. It's great. Don't stop coming back. I'll, I'll be back. Yeah. Um, and in the meantime, you'll be on tour. Yes. And everyone can go check yeah. you out. And lots more touring to come in the next year. So Amazing. More comics. Yeah, more comics. Got to get to the finishing the last <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> good luck with that, girl. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks, Liz. Thank you. These new fears. I carry You can feel stronger And you can know peace So just hold on Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.